0: Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. I'm looking at a piece. What is the uh, what is the source here of the piece on the Mariupol crisis? It's a uh, it's a UK website, and it has no name. It's a very strange website. Well, we'll find out if it's true. What I if, if it is true, and in this case, I it's,
1: it's true. It's, it's the uh, BBC
0: has it, I mean, every, everybody. Everybody has it, including the BBC. But what is the name of this co- company? Um. News. <laughs> yeah, news. I wait. Oh, it's got an I here. The essential briefing. All right. In any event, Maria They are. It, it, if it is true. And let me explain why I say if on, on Ukraine I can't uh, anyway, give me another one because they're not allowing you in if you don't have a subscription if, the reason that I say if with regard to the alleged atrocities committing, committed by the Russians is that while it is completely understandable that any attacked nation would exaggerate or fabricate atrocities so as to get more world support, it is ultimately extremely destructive to the group that is not telling the truth. Because once something is exposed as a lie, the there is no more credibility in the assertions that are true. The most dramatic example probably in history were the accusations made against the Germans in World War I about atrocities they had allegedly committed in places like Belgium, which they overran. And the result was in World War II, when they started the Holocaust, the mass murder of Jews, of every man, woman, and child who was a Jew that was under their control, which was most of Europe. People didn't believe it. Even Jews didn't believe it. What they have gas chambers? What they're rounding up families and shooting them to death, and after they dug their own graves? Come on, this is propaganda. Okay. Yeah. So I—that's uh, the only reason I say if. So here's one from Yahoo News from The Independent. No light, no communication, no medicine, no heat, no water in Mariupol. As Russian assault continues, Britain says. So if that is true, then the Russians are doing now what the Germans did in Stalingrad and and Leningrad, yeah. But I think it's the siege of Stalingrad that is in the most in people's minds. Yeah. All right. And in, in, in any event, they starved mass numbers of people to death and froze them, etc. This is the Russians are doing this to Ukrainians, if this is true, so that the city will uh, surrender. The humanitarian situation in the city is worsening, the UK's defense ministry said today, Wednesday. Most of the 160,000 remaining residents have no light, communication, medicine, heat, or water. Russian forces have prevented humanitarian access, likely to pressure defenders to surrender, it added. I'm, I'm not quite clear on... Those on my side, conservatives, who say America should not get into a war with Russia, since nobody's advocating a war with Russia, I I, I don't follow it. What are we supposed to do? Say sorry, Ukrainians? You're not Americans, so we don't give a damn. What are we supposed to say? Because there's a threat of a nuclear war, we simply will do nothing. I mean, if that's the position, it should be made clear, because of the threat of a nuclear war, we will allow any number of Ukrainians to die, to starve, to be raped, etc., then okay, then at least you are intellectually honest to your position. Nobody I know of in the world is advocating America shooting down or sending in troops shooting down Russian planes, or sending in troops. So I don't understand what those who are conservative and want us not to be involved, what do they mean? It's never spelled out. I'd like you to spell it out if you are one of those who thinks it's not our business. Okay, so therefore, are you saying... It does not matter to me how many Ukrainians are killed, how many women are raped, how many are starved, how many families are frozen. I don't want to do a damn thing about it because it's not America. Okay, I won't even argue with you, but I want you to at least be intellectually honest that that is your position. There are two positions, three, excuse me, there are three possible positions confront Russia head-on, which nobody is advocating. So there are two viable positions. There are two positions that some people hold. Most people hold, help the Ukrainians in every way without getting directly involved, which is my position, and the other is, it's not America, it's none of our damn business, and let's let any number of Ukrainians die. Okay? Those are, though I don't know, tell me a fourth option. I can't, I don't know what that fourth option would be. You either want to let them all die, or you want to help them. That's it. There is no other position other than confrontation directly, which nobody's advocating. Not even allowing in the Red Cross, exactly what the Nazis did. That's the, that's the irony. There are a lot of parallels here between what Russia is doing and what the Nazi Germany did in in uh, in Europe. It's not fully parallel. They're not, they're not engaged not engage in a Holocaust. That's that's. At, I want to make that clear, of course. But there's a parallel there. There's a parallel between the American left and and Putin. Anything that differs with Putin is called misinformation. Anything that differs with the Democratic Party is called misinformation. That parallel is actually precise. There is no difference in terms of attitude toward dissent between the left in America and Putin, none whatsoever. They have identical positions. By the way, did you happen to catch on Google Alerts that the Media Matters have cited me again? And I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank them. They. They gave the entire quote that they they loathed, and that is one of the only ways I can get to a left wing audience, is when they quote me on media matters. <laughs> I I consider it a a, uh, a major uh, help to getting my my ideas across. I'll share uh, with the audience later what what it was that drove them crazy. And I thought it was so. So rational. Hmm. The city has been pummeled by endless bombardment from artillery, rockets, and missiles. As Ukrainian forces said, they had been fending off attacks on the city for more than 40 days. More than 90% of the city has been reportedly damaged, and access to electricity, heating, fresh water, food, and medical supplies has been cut off. Wow. Well, He compared the British Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, said the world must act to stop mass murder in Ukraine as he compared rising civilian killings to the 1995 genocide in Bosnia. This is mass murder on an unprecedented scale in Europe. We haven't seen the likes of this, I think, since 1995. I don't want to be commemorating another genocide in Europe, years from now. We have the power, the world has the power to stop this and it must act." Okay, that's the story there, 1-8-Prager-776, 877 243 is the number. You know, I'm still thinking about something I brought to your attention. Turned out she was on Tucker Carlson last night. A talk show host at WMAL Radio, a conservative radio station in Washington, D.C., was fired for tweeting that Kamala Harris wearing brown reminded her of a UPS delivery person. I was telling my producer during the break, and then I said it with sadness because I I have some affection for Russian language, culture, music. I, I speak Russian, not fluently, but I get along in it, like I can read a newspaper. I studied Russian in graduate school and in college, Went went to Russia a few times when it was the Soviet Union, been back. So I say with sadness, but Russia has now a stench to the name that uh, that Germany had uh, in the nineteen forties. Took a long time, and it's still not completely over. That if you that German is is elicits the same emotional response from a non-German as, let's say, Dutchman or Norwegian, Frenchman. He's a German, and I fight it, I fight it, because I I know wonderful Germans. But it's, it's, it's not easy to lose, and now Russia... Has a bad name. It's just a bad name. Of course, not all Russians support the war, but we have no idea what percentage does. My assumption is that the majority of Russians do. Your country is fighting a war, and your instinct, especially in a place like Russia where no other news is available, is to support your your troops. So what if you invaded a country that presented a zero threat to you? Zero. It's an amazing thing to think, isn't it? Ukraine presented no threat whatsoever to Russia. And they're having cities decimated. Part of those responsible are the Western environmentalists because he believed he could survive sanctions because the West started to so rely on his oil and gas. And once the United States, under the despicable Biden regime, decided to basically destroy the oil and gas industry in the United States and stop fracking and become reliant upon foreign oil, including Russian, he thought he had a green light economically to do what he did. The environmentalist movement is as destructive a movement as the West has seen in its history. They think they're wonderful human beings part of the problem. They don't know how much damage they do. They only know that there's an existential threat of heat caused by carbon emissions. Existential threat. So the amount of destruction you do always pales in comparison to an existential threat, right? The, The left, the green left justifies its policies this way. It's irrelevant how much damage we do to people's life. It doesn't compare to mass death that global warming will create. So that's how they justify. They never have to answer, gee, look at how many people are now hurting because of the price of oil, which has much less to do with the Putin invasion than it does with the Biden invasion of the oil industry. The prices were already high before one Russian troop entered Ukraine. So they it, they justify their damage by saying it doesn't compare to the damage that global warming will wreak upon humanity. That's it. So you, you never it's a beautiful thing you're, you're, never, you're never challengeable in their eyes. Oh, I understand how many people are out of work. I understand that it's shattering the economy. I understand that there are blackouts and brownouts in big states like California. I understand that the price of electricity is sky high. I understand that the price of gas is sky high. I'm not of the middle class. Ninety-nine percent of environmentalist leaders are very, very wealthy. They don't give a damn about the middle or lower class. They give a damn about the existential threat to humanity. Tom Steyer doesn't give a damn about you. (laughs) He can't even identify with you. These these spectacularly rich people, like, like Al Gore, they don't understand what you're going through. You pay more at the pump, they're thrilled, because that means you will get an electric car. They're happy you're paying more. Hmm. When you compare every aspect of destruction to the existential threat, the alleged existential threat, of global warming caused, they say, by emission of carbon dioxide, then there is nothing to answer for. How could gas prices compare to mass death? That's right. Like with the lockdowns. The damage that the lockdowns did didn't mean a damn thing to the left. The number of girls thinking of suicide and committing suicide, the no, the amount of depression and drug use increase doesn't mean anything to the left. They prevented mass death Thanks to lockdowns. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotion y in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the My Pillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99. Now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Hi, everybody. Let's take some dissent here because unlike the left, we welcome it. Jimmy in Richmond, California. Hello. How you doing? Okay.
1: So I just wanted to comment uh, on your statement from Ukraine about Ukraine and the war, and how you have to feel one way or the other. You mentioned you either support the United States financially supporting without getting actively physically involved, or you support the murder of ukrainians and i don't think it's that cut and dry i can not want america to be involved in any way shape or form and that doesn't mean that i support the war and people dying
0: okay you're fooling yourself i I have no other comment okay okay thank you very much the ability of people to fool themselves uh is uh, is infinite a woman is being raped on on my street I can uh, help the police get the, the rapist but I won't but don't think I support her being raped mm-hmm okay it's, it's a little depressing to me that, that people do that, and I know why they do it, because they don't want to confront the consequences of their position. It's what the left does all the time, and now some people on the right are doing it. The most important question anyone can ask, if they want to be morally honest, is what are the consequences of my position? If you don't ask that, then your position is untenable. What are the consequences of doing nothing? More Ukrainians die. That's it. That those are the consequences. So whether you emotionally support Ukrainians dying or not is 100%, not 99, 100% irrelevant. Okay. People don't like cut and dry. They really don't because it, it's, it's a mirror up for, uh, to their position. Life is messy. This is an example of it. Every, every position is awful. Okay? Because of what Russia did, every position is awful. Not helping is awful. Helping is awful. Getting American troops is awful. So you have to pick the one that is least awful and that maintains some degree of, of moral consistency if you wish to be a moral human. And so that's, that's the answer. Uh, let's go to uh, San Diego, California, and Jason. Hello, Jason. Good morning. Hi.
1: My impression of the war is, yes, we need to support them but we also need to take responsibility for what we created over the last twenty-five years. We surrounded Russia with NATO for no purpose other than we wanted to promote our own affairs throughout the world.
0: I don't we understand. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't. I don't quite follow that phrase. Promote our own affairs. Pol- yeah. What? W- what, what, what why are- did? Okay, why
1: did? Why did the small Latvian-type countries need to be in NATO?
0: Because they thought that they would be attacked by Russia because Russia wants to attack them.
1: It's happening anyway.
0: No, it's not. Ukraine is not part of NATO. Latvia is and has not been attacked.
1: We held out NATO as a... uh,
0: Yeah, but they're not part of it. Okay, that, that might be, but it's not part of it. Your argument is not tenable. The people who joined NATO didn't join NATO to support the U.S. interests. They support it to protect themselves from the Russian giant that wants to swallow them up. Putin no Putin way. is disgusted that the Baltic states are independent. It yes, sickens him.
1: That's
0: my point. If it's your point, I completely missed it. Okay. Well,
1: we, we surrounded Putin with potential... It's not enemy. Okay,
0: all right, you said avoid. this earlier. Okay, all right, this is a sad point where we don't understand each other. I thank you for calling, and I mean that sincerely. Is Latvia a threat to uh, Russia in NATO? Is Lithuania, is Estonia? Okay, zero. It is zero threat to Russia. Is Russia a threat to Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia? A hundred percent threat. They didn't join NATO to support America. They joined NATO to save their lives. Okay. Pretty pretty clear. It's not pretty clear. It's completely clear. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager. The most important question, well, there's no such thing as the most, One of the most important questions, if you wish to be intellectually and morally honest, that you can ever ask is, what are the consequences of my position? The left does not ask that, and that's how they ruin society. What are the consequences of keeping keeping schools closed for nearly two years? They never asked that. They just said, we have to do it because of COVID. Yeah, but what are the consequences? Are you saving kids' lives? Are you saving teachers' lives? Commensurate with the number of lives you're destroying. I read to you yesterday, I believe it was, devastating column on. on uh, what was it on Substack? Is that the is that the where it was? Is that the name Substack? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on on the common sense. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Barry Weiss's thing. This was another another Weiss, uh, interestingly yeah, enough. Susie, Susie yeah. Are they related? I think it's a sister. Oh, really? It's a, great, it's a great column. What was done to children in, uh, because of the lockdown? Sweden never closed its schools for kids under 16. Never. Did you know that? Any any damage to kids? What are the consequences of no fracking? You'll save the world from hundreds of millions of deaths due to due to heat. That's what you, you believe that? So they don't ask the consequences now. And, and the same with uh, some people on the right on, on Ukraine. Yeah, let's do nothing. But hey, I, I'm not for Ukrainians dying. I'm just for doing nothing. That's like saying I'm not for I'm not for kids becoming completely inefficient in math and reading. I'm just for closing schools. Ooh. Okay. The adult mind asks what are the consequences of my position? I've said this for all of my broadcast career. You ask what is the price? That's the that's the great question. We ask it about everything we buy. What? How much does it cost? We should ask it about every decision we make. How much does it cost? How many Ukrainians does it cost if I have us do nothing? Okay, ask that. Then I know you're, you're at least you're honest about your thinking. Uh, that's an interesting... I have a call from Croatia and Geza... Hello, Geza How are you? Hello, Dennis.
2: We've, we've spoken several times before. Right. So um, I play a lot of online chess, and um, when you play uh, somebody from another country or from any country, they show a little flag next to the country you play from. And as you can imagine, a lot of Russians play online chess. And uh, I've taken to the habit of... When I play a Russian, I recognize him from the flag. I text them a little flag of Croatia. In fact, I send them, excuse me, of Croatia, of Ukraine. Um, In fact, I may send them a whole four or five of those flags. Um, And it's interesting to see the response. Um, Some some people, um, some players will just automatically resign the game. But if a uh, few players will not respond at all and just wait till the clock runs out. But a few players will respond. So I had one player respond to me uh, questioning my IQ, saying that I'm falling for American propaganda. we actually had a nice little conversation and, uh, through texting. And, and I think he, he – I, I don't know if he understood or not, but, uh, but he understood that the whole world is against them. And he needs to question why. And then I had a few players, surprisingly enough, um, text me back that they agree. I text the flag, and they say, "I agree," and we have a nice conversation as well. But I guess the point is, if they don't text me back that they agree with the flag of Croatia, I simply don't. You mean play the flag them. of Ukraine? Excuse me. I mean you, uh, flag of Ukraine. I simply don't play them because I won't play
0: chess with Nazis. Wow. Well, I think it was an interesting call. The question of how Russians feel about their invasion goes to the heart of a question I asked my whole life. Since I specialized in Russia, Russian history, and communism, the Russian Institute at Columbia University, where, interestingly, my chief advisor was Bigniew Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski's father, and he was the, national, the head of the uh, National Security Council, or the National Security aide to uh, Jimmy Carter. He was well known in his time, and I remember being in a seminar with him with all seven students, who majored in communist affairs, that was the term used. In the entire Columbia, thousands of students, there were seven of us. Turns out I couldn't have majored in, in a more important subject than, than communism and the left. So I always ask this question. Was communism thrust upon the Russian people? Or was it a result of the Russian people's general support for tyranny? they had had only tyranny in all of their history with the czars. Is that... Is that Russian moral culture? And I, for much of my life, thought it was imposed on them. In the days when I still thought people wanted freedom. And I... uh, then grew up and realized most people want to be taken care of. That's the reason the left wins elections all over the world. You give me your freedom, and I'll give you free health care. Hi, everybody. An important hour here. So many things to discuss. Clarifying the issue of Ukraine. Clarity is my best friend. I prefer it to agreement, as you know. That's why I, I didn't argue with some of the callers who differed with me. I just tried to make things clear. Here's another example. Let's go to Lance in Pasadena. Thank you for calling. Yeah. So, what's, can you, if you could just explain or expand, why what is the difference between the atrocities going on in, say, North Korea? And uh, the stuff going on in Ukraine, other than that being, you know, put in our face via the media and whatnot. The difference is one is an invasion and one is internal. Morally, there is no difference. The cruelty is astonishing. Let me, let me address that, because you asked actually in a very important question as it's the final segment of the hour let me let me just answer you it's a very important question i am actually disturbed by it the amount of torture in north korea is probably the greatest percentage-wise on on the planet in, on which we live north korea is to a certain extent a large concentration camp the the, the unfortunately however we humans tend to allow people to commit atrocities in their own country that they don't allow them to commit in other countries. Maybe because they feel if they allow it to spread to other countries, it will it will continue to metastasize. If North Korea invaded South Korea, we would intervene. So th- in, in that sense, we would actually act more against North Korea than against Russia in terms of an invasion. Internally, let me put it to you this way. If there were a world volunteer force, and it have to be 100% volunteer, I could not demand that somebody go to North Korea and fight North Koreans to liberate that country. But if there were such a thing as a world volunteer force for goodness a world volunteer force to end torture on earth or at least reduce it I would support their fighting in North Korea However that's a fantasy it doesn't exist So all I could do is is hope that the North Korean regime falls and that uh, decency increases on our planet.